Welcome to the Roadrunner Exchange, a show that features leaders from Metropolitan State University of Denver discussing the projects, initiatives, and decisions impacting our campus community. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel J., Director of Faculty Affairs here at MSU Denver, and today I talk with Dr. Emily Matuchevich about her role as Director of the Health Institute. Hope you'll enjoy. The Roadrunner Exchange is returning to our listeners out there. It's been several months uh, since we recorded an episode, but today we are talking to Emily Matushevich. Emily, I've known, I've seen you around campus for years. I think we've been here for a long time, but I think we've ever actually, I think we've been on committees before together, but we've never really had a conversation. Um, What's your background at MSU Denver? Oh, gosh, I wasn't expecting that question. Yeah, well, let's let's, let's get a little get to know you first. I I am one of those individuals who... um, uh, you know, as a professional before, I always say I didn't feel like I grew up in academia. I really, yeah. you know, worked out in the professional world and had my own practice okay. and then um, ended up teaching as an affiliate. Uh-huh. I, I was in a whole bunch of different positions before I finally ended up as a tenure track faculty. Okay. Um, then I was soon thereafter asked to step up as the chair of the health professions uh-huh. department. Okay. And, um, and the next thing that I knew... Um, asked to step up as the director of our new health institute was super exciting. Yeah, well, I want to get into that in a second, but you got to tell us, okay, so you had your own practice. What, what's your specialty? What's your area of... So I come from um, a different um, kind of background outside of kind of what we think of as conventional medicine in that I um, I was a chiropractor. Okay. I had my own private practice in the old South Pearl Street area. Okay. Um, you know, in addition to... Um, uh, my own practice, I had I had massage therapist, a rolfer. Um, we had a small um, yoga um, okay. practice going inside the the practice as well. Yeah. So yeah, so it was very exciting okay. to kind of grow, you know, wellness as uh-huh. a movement. So I guess I mean you started as an affiliate. Can you walk me through that process of going from a part time instructor to actually making the leap to full-time tenure-track professor like what why what, what made you leave your practice you know I, I mean I think that fundamentally I saw that education yeah. was so critical to what I was doing okay. and wanting to expand the kind of education that I could do I started developing curriculum on my own okay. um, but then when I got the opportunity I was you know we have the uh, the integrative healthcare program mm-hmm. here um, which is the first of its kind as in terms of a undergraduate degree um, and and um, when I was asked to come and be a guest speaker, that led to my interest uh, then in becoming an affiliate faculty member. Um, and I just loved how innovative MSU Denver is. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the students and the opportunities that I had here. And just it seemed like the perfect kind of transition in terms of my career and where I wanted to go. Makes sense to me. What would have been the big, I guess, m- pivots culturally, philosophically, in medicine that has, especially here in the United States, um, really kind of allowed for this increase, increasing interest and, and I guess, trust in integrative medicine? I mean, what, what's, it's, it's, is it our, um, our cynicism of, say, the pharmaceutical industry? Is it like, what, what is it? Because, I mean, I'm one who practices that stuff uh, personally, so I do, you know, understand it, what you're talking about. Why the shift, though? I think that there's been just a real desire to embrace wellness okay. um, in a way that, that I think a lot of traditional 
practices had integrated right into um, their philosophy and their approach. Um, And I think that coupled with now our desire to use evidence-based practices, Mm -hmm. um, that, that what we're seeing emerging is a new and different kind of preventative approach that's, um, you know, not to forgo vaccines, Mm -hmm. all the other important things that we need to do Mm -hmm. in terms of preventative medicine, but how can we as individuals and as communities kind of come together to build a culture of wellness? Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah. Um, that's a really good way to put it. It's, it's that preventative kind of care and <laughs> trying to do the right thing before you don't have any other options. Like, I totally get that. And Denver is a perfect place for that. I'm, I was just thinking about Natural Grocer and how that's so much a part of their uh, identity. Um, how did you become director of the Health Institute? Like, why, why are you the person now? You're the, you're the person that has to go around town and yeah. <laughs> do the talking. So how did that happen? Well, you know, I know that there had been some conversations about the building of a health institute mm-hmm. between here inside of MSU Denver um, prior to Dr. Davidson's arrival. But um, my understanding is she did a listening tour. She heard about the health institute as a concept. Um, and she got Jen Caps, who was the dean of mm-hmm. what was then the College of Professional Studies, um, into looking into what would it take for us to really move that idea forward. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Jen Caps invited um, a number of different chairs um, to that meeting. I did a little research beforehand. I um, reviewed some of the proposal, just came in with some ideas mm-hmm. of how um, we could um, move that forward. And I was um, surprisingly outspoken in that meeting okay. in a way that I don't often experience myself to be. Um, although more and more so. Um, but um, And the next thing I knew, I was being asked to step up as the, the founding director. So, okay. Well, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. What's that? And when did that start then? Um, so that was, um, those meetings began in the fall of 2017. Okay. For one semester, I was half-time chair of the health professions mm-hmm. department and half-time health institute director, but um, then in May of 2018 became the full-time director. Okay, okay. So, and yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yes, and thank now you're you. Here. Uh, we could talk about the specifics of the health institute and maybe the different options that are, you know, that are being discussed, uh, but I want to know, um, help me and the lay listener understand, what is something like the health institute or sorry, how is something like the Health Institute, as we are imagining it, different from, say, the University of Colorado Hospital, or, uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Anschutz campus, um, and, and what they do in terms of producing healthcare professionals? Why is there a space for both of these concepts in a city like Denver? Yeah, I, you know, and I remember when we first got the Health Institute going, you know, um, one of the things that we began to look at are who are all the other practitioners mm-hmm. besides just a physician. And, and there are lots of students who come into this institution, you know, um, feeling like they want to go into a health-related field and thinking, oh, I want to be a nurse or a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't um, realize the plethora okay. of opportunity inside health-related fields. And, and, and I always use that word very expansively because we are bringing together in this health institute both clinical physical health, we're bringing together mental health and behavioral health, okay. healthcare management. We really want to cover all aspects of health-related fields. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're 
doing already this incredible work in all of these different departments to get students into those fields, mm -hmm. why not bring them together mm -hmm. um, and work collaboratively and really highlight the amazing opportunities for students to go into those fields via MSU Denver? Okay, that makes total sense. I, I, as you were talking, I was thinking uh, my wife worked out of Anschutz for a long time and did, uh, she was in the cancer uh, center. and. What you're saying is, you know, when you go into the cancer center, then you, you, you're not just seeing doctors and nurses. You have nutritionists. You have, you know, folks who are doing all different kinds of things in order to have that kind of holistic care for this person who is battling, uh, in this case, cancer. And I think we forget about all of the different professions that are so important to healthcare. And MSU Denver is obviously there to kind of help uh, fill some of that gap. Yeah, and one thing that I would add that I think is really important is I think that there's a tremendous movement afoot um, in both health and in education, mm -hmm. um, where we've been we've been divided into specialties, into disciplines, um, and and siloed in yeah. so many different respects. And I think that as um, we've, we're evolving right now, both in education and in healthcare, that there's a need to come together mm -hmm. and to bring all these different expertise um, and, and fields in one room mm -hmm. and to have conversations where you can solve really difficult problems. I, I love you know, that we're now recognizing, for example, the social determinants of health. Mm -hmm. and, and what we're seeing is in order to truly solve complex um, issues inside our communities and, and for individuals, we need to bring together that expertise and know how to talk to one another and how to work together. How does that play out pedagogically then in the health sciences area, right? Because you've been in there for several years. What does that look like if I'm a student uh, taking these classes? I assume that there's a lot of kind of crossover, but, but what else? I mean, what else is happening? You know, and I think what we're doing is we're beginning as the Health Institute to identify some of those barriers that keep students, faculty siloed. Mm -hmm. How do we begin to break down those barriers? Barriers, And so, you know, for example, we now have an interprofessional education committee okay. that's very actively working of how is it that we incentivize faculty, for example, to do that work of how is it that you bring together faculty from completely different disciplines? Yeah. Um, and then how do we get students to have those interdisciplinary experiences. Mm -hmm. We've had, um, you know, one of the, the wonderful outgrowths of the Health Institute is a lot of our health scholar programs. Okay. And, um, and there we have students from 10 different disciplines mm -hmm. coming together, studying together. And the feedback we've gotten from students is pretty incredible about how much they love being with students who are studying oftentimes very different um, disciplines it's uh, uh, I think uh, as a communication scholar I have seen the impact of what you are talking about not just here on our campus but across the country uh, this kind of uh, more uh, integrated model or um, uh, you know cross-disciplinary model mm -hmm. because of the increase in, in health communication and how it's you know it's as a as a sub-discipline in communication studies, it's just exploding. It's massive. And even here, um, you know, good friend Jessica Rossi-Katz and, and Dan Lair developing the health communication course, mm -hmm. you know, and that becoming one of the things that you all, um, uh, I don't, you, do you require it? Is HealthCom required in the health sciences? Do you remember? It, it is not a requirement. Not right yet? Now, okay. But okay. Yeah. Get, trying to get so, there. So, yes, right. yes. Yes. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's... <clears throat> Let's get into the nitty-gritty, continue. Um, I do want to talk, I want to put you on the spot here about the health uh, health crisis, right? Okay. Um, 
we, I mean, I swear I hear it on the news at least two or three times a week. Uh, I think obviously COVID has played a part in the shortage of frontline uh, workers. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more, right, about this crisis uh, here in Colorado, but also kind of across the country? What is the what is the healthcare crisis or health crisis? I mean, you know, frankly, we do not have. Um, the individuals going into health-related fields that we need to meet workforce shortages. Okay. Um, and, and I think that it's at a level that's unbelievably critical. Okay. That, that um, you know, it's, it's you know, the, the example I keep giving people is, you know, can you imagine showing up at an emergency room um, and they, they don't have the staff? to treat you or someone that you love, or if somebody's having a mental health crisis. Because again, we don't want to just talk about physical health, but we want to talk about mental and behavioral health as well, and the needs are tremendous. Okay, okay. Now, why is there this shortage? Is it a lack of, I mean, you study this stuff, I'm sure, especially now, and, and now that, you know, being director, you have this administrative responsibility. What are some of the conclusions that are being drawn about as to why the shortage exists? Is it, you know, lack of pay? Is it lack of infrastructure to produce these kinds of professionals? What is it? I, I mean, I think, you know, it's both of those things okay. and more. I, and, and, you know, we're seeing right now, um, you know, that, that, we have um, people quitting as well. Okay. You know, people yeah. are are leaving health professions. You know, there, some are, you know, nurses are retiring, mm-hmm. um, but they're also they're burned out. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of health workers who are burned out, and um, and we knew that there were shortages be- beforehand. So it's not like this is a new problem. Okay. And I think, you know, we really need to acknowledge that COVID didn't create this. It's merely magnified Makes it. Sense. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's huge. What are some? I mean, the, I don't want to say that that you know the uh, projections are dismal, but can healthcare as a whole respond fast enough to fill that void? It's a good question, you know, and you know, and and what is our role in trying to fill that as quickly yeah. as possible? Yeah. And um, we have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's we just have to. Mm-hmm. With the Health Institute then, right, with with these degrees that we hope to basically build the infrastructure to support, what um, what does MSU Denver add to that demand, right? Or, or uh, how does it how does it help support um, kind of countering that demand and, and you know producing the right kind of professionals? What, what what do you foresee or what do you kind of think is uh, is is what we can do? What we can what's the value add? I guess. You know, I mean, um, Colorado is even prior pandemic is a medically underserved state. Um, And I think that what's really also been magnified by um, COVID is health disparities. Um, And um, what do you what do you mean by that? What do I mean by Mm -hmm. health disparities? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we have vulnerable communities who have been very hard hit by COVID, but it's not like they weren't suffering beforehand. Yeah. Right, and we have a population of students who have a desire to enter health-related fields, uh-huh. um, and we have a responsibility. I feel to help them to figure out how to get there. You know, when we have, you know, 
what is it, 55% of our students are first generation. Okay. Okay. So for example, you know, students coming into this institution, and, and one of the reasons that the Health Institute was created because we had, I think it was 800 to 1,000 undeclared pre-nursing students. So students wanting to come into MSU Denver to study nursing, because they hear there's the need, and they're called to be of service. Mm -hmm. I really see in students wanting to go into health-related fields this desire to care and to nurture mm -hmm. and to be of service. Mm -hmm. um, th the problem is that we're turning away 70 to 80% of our nursing applicants. We just don't have the space, okay. and we don't have the capacity right now. Um, our social work program as well. You know, we are not able to, even though we're an open access institution, mm -hmm. we're not able to accept all the students who want to get into those two fields. So, you know, we've got to address that by both opening up more spaces yeah. and, then, and then also helping students to navigate this immense amount of opportunity within health-related fields and to discover, to, to, to engage in that discovery process yeah. of all of the different needs that there are out there. Where are those students who want to come here and get a degree in nursing going because 60 or sorry 70% of them get turned away where are they going it's a really good question and one of the things that we're working very actively to do right now yeah. is to make sure that those students don't just quit yeah right you yeah. know and 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 you know like for example in our health scholar programs we're using design thinking mm -hmm. where students have to build out three different paths mm -hmm. And, and so, it, because you can so easily pivot mm -hmm. from the requirements for one um, professional degree into a whole complete and different area mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. never, you, you might never have imagined that you might want to enter. Yeah. And, and how is it that we're really supporting students in that process of kind of finding that heart match mm -hmm. um, and recognizing all the opportunities that lay within this institution of different ways that they can get into those health-related fields? That makes that makes sense. Um, so, uh, uh, we recognize the demand. Mm -hmm. There is a need. That is obvious. Does the state of Colorado? Do they see that? Do our legislators see that? Do, do they understand that there's this need that's not being met? I do know that they're having these conversations, yeah. and I um, we actually had a student who. Um, who testified in front of the state legislature yeah. to, you know, talk about her journey, you know, as a um, first-generation student and what she had, the, the opportunities that she had uncovered at MSU Denver, mm -hmm. and um, and I know that there was a legislator there who had taken a tour mm -hmm. of our facilities here on campus, and she, and and I loved listening to her say, "We have got to make changes here yeah. because." Um, uh, students like this need to have cutting edge technology, yeah. simulation labs, everything to support them in their desire to, to um, build a career to impact that, that, it, that can impact the socioeconomic picture of their families mm -hmm. as well as just contribute to communities. Yeah. Are you feeling, uh, I mean, you don't have to put a number out there at all because I, I know that, you know, the specifics don't matter, but are you, do you feel like, like MSU Denver is going to get some of that, some of its capital needs from the state when it comes to this, especially now that, you know, Dr. Davidson and, and Casey and some other folks went up and talked. Um, what's your read of things, you know, a week later? I, I will tell you, I tend to be optimistic. Okay. 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 Um, but I also, I think that the, the need is so 
well articulated mm-hmm. right now. That that I do think that our legislatures le- legislators have an awareness of how critical this is. Okay. Um, that that I guess I would be shocked if they could walk away from the need and the way in which. MSU Denver is leveraged mm-hmm. to meet that need. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really are. I, I, you know, just even you know, being a Hispanic serving institution, how many of our students are bilingual, sometimes even trilingual, mm-hmm. and the benefits mm-hmm. inside of health-related fields of students having that skill set. Yeah. Um, we are in a great position to be able to fill that need. Okay. Uh, 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 I mean, for for. Several years, I think faculty always thought of the Health Institute as this shiny new building, right, that only a few people got to go to. I don't think that that's going to be the case in kind of talking to you and learning about this. But I do want to know, what are the must-haves that maybe aren't a building per se, but a component of a physical space that the Health Institute is going to need? Is it nursing labs? Like, what is what what is going to get this project to the level that it needs to be to really serve our community. So, you know, we, we were talking about just a health crisis mm-hmm. in general, right? And, you know, specifically in the state of Colorado, but I would say we have our own internal health crisis right on this campus. Okay. And that is with um, our nursing simulation labs. Uh, that is the most critical need right now because we have to vacate okay. the current um, simulation labs that we have in Boulder Creek. Um, now that CCD is moving forward on their renovation project. Uh-huh. And, um, I mean, it, 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 to me it's just impossible. We cannot let, you know, our nursing um, uh, program get impacted by, by that. Um, and so we have to have the resources needed in order to um, create new simulation labs for our nursing program. Okay, that that's the most important piece. Okay, what what else? What else? And you know, and you know, when we were talking about this multidisciplinary approach, mm-hmm. um, you know, what I would say is that there is this beautiful movement afoot amongst um, the departments uh, within um, health mm-hmm. and the health institute to want to do that multidisciplinary work. And you know, when we look, you know. Our social work program, you know, they do not have the simulation um, that they labs that they need um, for their programs. And also, you know, we have um, a high percentage of our graduate programs live inside of these departments and they are bursting at the seams. They do not have the space that they need. So space and um, cutting edge technology, mm-hmm. simulation labs are critical for us in order to move forward. Um, and and when we look at the, like for example, the nursing crisis, mm-hmm. the bottleneck really lives inside of higher education. Mm-hmm. And the problem for us is not having space. And that um, nursing students have to do clinical rotations. Now they can do up to 50% of their clinical hours in simulation, okay. but we don't have the space to do that. Oh. So if we don't have the space now, how are they how are they getting that? Is it you have to go out and find relationships or our you know, Department of Nursing has to build these relationships with like exactly. Denver Health? Exactly. Okay. And so they're, they're working very hard to do that. But we, we and not only do we want to just maintain our programs, we want to grow our programs, yeah. right? Because the need is there. Are you confident in the value add of this? Health Institute for the future of MSU Denver. I mean, you're passionate about it. You've been in it forever. Um, but I think 
Like, what does this do long term for our university? I think it gives us a chance to really um, highlight our student population, what they bring um, in terms of um, workforce um, and and the way that they have the, um, the the ability to care for individuals in the state of Colorado mm-hmm. in a way that could begin to address some of those health disparities. I mean, we talk about the Health Institute as, as revolutionizing health in the state of Colorado, and we really think that that's possible. Yeah, especially when you consider the 95% of our students stay in Colorado, right. something crazy, they're not going to go anywhere. Um, I, and I just heard that 60% of our nurses are educated outside the state of Colorado. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. We need to grow our own. And this is not just about the Denver metro area, yeah. but this is about both urban and rural Colorado. Yes, yes, yes. That, that makes a lot of sense. So you have had to make this pitch to the folks up the street. You've had to make it, you know, to, um, you know, partners off campus. Tell me why the Health Institute, no matter what that looks like at the end of this project, tell me why it is a value add to every student, faculty, and staff on this campus. Why does it matter to me as a communication studies professor? You know, I, I, um, as someone who had a liberal arts education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just see the opportunities for all of our students across campus to enter health-related fields. Okay. So, you know, even when as we've expanded some of our health scholar programs, mm-hmm. um, and we were lucky enough um, to have an industry partner uh, fund last year a, a cohort of students, and we had students from the business, the College of Business, um, join those cohorts. and. Um, I would love to see students from all different disciplines yeah. across this campus. You know, you don't have to major in the biological sciences to apply to medical school or all kinds of, you know, competitive graduate programs yeah. in health-related fields. And so how do we build that foundation yeah. for all of our students and the opportunities for them? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but just in listening to conversations about what the physical space looks like. It is so nice to hear that the location and the positive impact of that institute, no matter what that looks like, on on our campus, right, and everybody on our campus being at the forefront of, of that decision-making. What I mean by that is, you know, it's not – where whatever happens, that needs to be something that, that – kind of rejuvenates and revives our campus as a whole. And I think that hearing that, that people are interested in that, it really, you know, some of, some of us who are in those older classrooms, you know, we, we, we wonder, you know, when are people going to remember us? But I think it makes me feel really good to know that those, that awareness is, is definitely at the center of these conversations. So good job with that. <laughs> well, and I, I also want to add, just because I'm such a, a wellness advocate, yeah. that how is it that we truly create a culture of wellness? you know, on this campus yeah. for for students, faculty, staff, everyone, yeah. and for surrounding communities, you know, and, and how do we let that be community driven? Because because wellness, you know, I often say it's it's not just for people who live in Boulder and who are affluent, right? Yeah. That that we need to customize our approach to wellness um, through what we hear from communities mm-hmm. and to build I mean we're, we're building out lives in some ways that are unsustainable. 
and and how can we yeah. be agents of change around that? Yeah. Um, and that is that means sometimes addressing things systemically. Yeah. And I think that we're teaching our students to be leaders, to go in and to change some of those systems mm-hmm. in ways that could be truly transformative. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like we have that obligation because of where we are in the city, uh, in our history with the Auraria land, um, yes. to kind of mm-hmm. pay it back a little bit. One last question. Um, I know my questions have been long-winded. I apologize. But I do want to know what's happening now. What's what's the timeline? I mean, I, nothing, if, you know, any gray area, don't worry about, you know, pointing that out. But what do we know, I guess, uh, in, in the weeks and months ahead? So, you know, what's happening is that um, we have contracted with an architectural firm, uh, Perkins and Will, and and we have a steering committee. Um, We have um, meetings that um, are coming up, I think, next week with individual department chairs. We're reassessing what our needs are Um, because, because, you know, the, the thing that we talked about was, you know, that we've got a primary need right now. We've just got to address our nursing need, but that's phase one. Yeah. You know, phase two is all about the expansion of the other needs, um, the, the, the addressing the other needs within the health institute departments. Yes. And how do we um, fiscally, in a fiscally responsible way, do that, um, but really meet the needs of our departments? Uh, yeah, how do we continue to support those programs across the university that really need our support, you know, and that um, can can drive uh, not just higher education, but in this case, healthcare forward in a, in a very positive direction. So, uh, uh, Emily, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well you, that was. You,